Welcome to the Growing Family Podcast. We're a family of four discovering what it means to grow our family and our farm one season, one seed, and one animal at a time. Get ready to grow with us. Today we're talking about... Failure. (laughs) But we will be talking about that for real. But we're actually talking about failure. Yeah. So, Morgan, what's new? Oh, I don't know. I'm Come on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so I think the, the we'll, we'll just talk about a few things before we get into it. But um, we really are mm-hmm. going to be talking about failures and just like in general things. Disappointment. Yeah, things that, <laughs> that we thought were going to do one thing and then ended up doing something totally different. Yeah, that's, I feel like, what's been going on lately. Just in life. <laughs> a lot of disappointment, that's yeah. Constant. Oh, come on. But yeah, so what do we got going on? We have uh, the garden is popping, and by popping, I mean just cherry tomatoes. Just cherry tomatoes, <laughs> <laughs> lots of cherry tomatoes and basil, just so much basil. My broccoli has once again tricked me. You got one. And no, no, it, it, it isn't even a broccoli anymore. It's just started becoming flowers now. So just get rid of that. I I have no luck with broccoli. Anybody who's listening to this, if you have some kind of secret, I probably have said this every time we talk it's about a failure. Every time, <laughs> I didn't even plan for it to be a part of that. But yeah, anyone who is good at growing broccoli and actually produces something that is like an edible broccoli, <laughs> mm-hmm. and not just a bunch of leaves and then flowers at the end, um, please let us know your secret or just like come coach me send me an email i dm me on instagram i don't care get a hold of us and let me know what you're doing what kind of secret sauce you got going on what Mm -hmm. kind of sacrifices you're making because i cannot do broccoli i get the biggest most beautiful broccoli plant and then all of a sudden nothing just nothing. but you're great with tomatoes and we had a lot of salads uh, yeah, this year was the year of the lettuce greens. We had so much lettuce off of like very few actual plants. But no strawberries. You planted strawberries. Yeah, well, I transplanted them. And some mm-hmm. of them still had like flowers on them. And I think that the shock of transplanting actually caused the flowers to just kind of like wilt and die. And the plant was like, I don't have time for fruit production. I just need to live. Um, yeah, that's okay. So. We did not get yeah. strawberries, unfortunately, but hopefully next year will be the year of the strawberry. How did we go from trying to do a recap of what we're what we've I've been doing lately to auto automatically already talking about failures? I don't know. <laughs> it's just second nature. Yeah, that's why we're talking about it because when you're gardening, when you're farming, you're going to have failures. Like you're going to plant and then sometimes not reap a harvest you know depending on the weather i've never had a year where like everything i planted produced a crop yeah never yeah so this is like going to be your job or side hustle you know you have to definitely factor that in and we want to talk about how to get through the disappointment of going through that and yeah. failing forward, which is something that we've heard and I've heard it in another podcast. Yeah. So I can't tell you when and where, but <laughs> um, who. we like the idea of failing forward because 
you know, you're not like stuck, you know, you can, um, find a positive. Yeah. Yeah. And get out of it and, you know, learn from the mistakes or maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe it just wasn't the year for that thing. Um, I know that I've learned that with the garden. It's like, I try to plant a variety of things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, different types of plants, different, um, heights, different, just a a whole big variety of things, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of inspired by the whole permaculture process and like layering and just like function stacking and trying to make sure that like everything is, I don't know, everything is like working together. Mm -hmm. And so that if something is to fail, then something else jumps up right behind it to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I I do feel like also with failure, we failed to post a podcast last week. So we do that need to say something me. about that. That was totally on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been traveling a lot lately. So um, I know that some other podcasts, like they will do like, like they'll play an episode from like in the past, but we really just don't have the like bank of episodes to play, you know, just to like run an old one, you know, just to throw it out. Cause he would probably would have just listened to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, we missed last week. I think this is only like the second or third time that we've actually missed a week, which yeah. is pretty cool. We're trying not to, but we do have little kids. So, oh, yeah. And multiple dogs, which is one of the updates. Before we get back into failures, mm-hmm. we've got puppies, mm-hmm. legit puppies that are acting more like dogs every day and biting my ankles now. Oh, yeah. They bite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know anything about cattle dogs, go back and listen to one of our episodes on cattle dogs because they will bite your ankles. Yeah. But with our other dogs, our older dogs, um, I worked with them on not biting for like two years straight. Like probably still working on it. But no, they really don't. They do a great job. Yeah, Yeah. they're pretty good. So yeah, it's possible. It is possible to get your cattle dog to not bite you all the time. But just be prepared. It might be a long process of training. So that's another thing. I mean, when you're training dogs or really trying to get any animal trained to do anything, um, you just got to get used to messing up. Like you're going to think you're doing it right. You're going to think you have it all figured out. And then all of a sudden, they're going to be right back where they started, mm-hmm. not paying attention to you, not doing what you want them to do. Just like so frustrating. But if you stick with it and you keep at it, then you get the results like we have. You know, we have three cattle dogs literally bred for hundreds of years to herd cattle and bite at the ankles of animals that they find, you know, fun to herd, which includes us. And we have three of them that don't do that. Yeah, that's true. Because you stuck with it. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully I also helped. I pretend that I helped. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I would say that back to the garden, like this year I planted I planted a few things that just totally just didn't do anything. Like like we were just talking about the broccoli. Beautiful plants. I wish there was a... I could find a good use for broccoli leaves because I have so many of them just piling up. Um, but you know, we tried eating them and it was just a little too much, um, broccoli taste, I think, Mm -hmm. but they're huge. I mean, I wish we had a compost pile because that would be so good 
to just yeah. add in there. Yeah, um, my family's considering starting a compost pile for the first time. Yeah. And I was shocked, honestly. I've never heard them want to do that before. I thought maybe you brought it up to them, Mm-mm. and then that was why they were talking about oh. it. So this is totally just out of the blue. Must have been like something they were researching or a documentary. I've seen so many good documentaries mm-hmm. about um, not wasting and why it's bad to put things in the landfill and everything. Yeah, I'm pumped. I love I love compost. I think it's the coolest thing. You know, yeah. I'm a little lazy with my compost, but um, you know, I'll try a little harder here to make it work. That way, it Impress like sticks. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because for people who don't like naturally gravitate towards these types of things, it it could be daunting to think about like trying to do compost the right way, quote unquote. Um, there's easy ways to do it, and there's hard ways to do it. There's fast ways and there's slow ways, um, but I'm hoping that we can do it in a way that's like sexy, you know, mm-hmm. like like easy and like pretty and doesn't stink and like still produces what you want it to produce. That's that's the dream, but we'll see. Right. So. Yeah. So what do you want to share about today's episode, Stephen? As far as like things I've messed up on. Well, yeah. So I was talking about the garden. Um, even even this year we planted. I did, I was trying to do some herbs, so I did basil and parsley and cilantro, and obviously we have like an insane amount of mint. You couldn't mess that one up if you tried, Um, but what I planted was I planted basil out there, and it did just fine, doing Mm -hmm. great. Um, My my dill went to seed, but it's fine because the the type of dill that I put out there is a, it's called bouquet dill, so it's Mm -hmm. like, it bolts early anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just looked cool to me, so I bought it. Mm-hmm. And then the parsley, total failure. Nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. I have we'll like keep th- going I still have it. three little ones that are alive. They're tiny, but they're underneath these huge tomato plants, so I don't think they're going to do could anything. Have been. Why? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I planted a lot of stuff real close together, so it was it was bound to have some things get shaded out. Mm-hmm. But isn't that kind of like permaculture though? Things are Sometimes close together like that, like in nature. Yeah, I mean, it's not... So the way I planted, I wasn't really expecting like huge harvests from anything in particular. Yeah. Like the um, the Swiss chard really surprised me because it was planted right in the center, right below all the tomatoes. But it did really great because um, I think it came on quick and was able to just like grow fast. And then, um, yeah, the bib butterhead lettuce did really good, but I planted it kind of out in front once it started getting hot, it bolted as well. I'm right now yeah. I'm about to collect seed from that. It's been very hot. It's been, yeah, like weirdly unseasonably hot. But we've been really lucky with the timing of the rains. So it hasn't really, we haven't got that early summer drought yet. We usually get a late summer drought. So we'll just wait and see. But hopefully it works, it works out. I was feeling like we were failing with the car not working. Um, with the heat, uh, whenever we would have the car just turned on, not driving it, the fan, um, would not work. And so it would overheat in the engine, which is (laughs) not good. Yeah. Recently, you know, Mm -hmm. your vehicle had that issue where it was overheating. That was really hard. Yeah. And we were trying to track that down. And I really, I felt like a failure because I felt like I put the wrong, um, antifreeze in it. You you did. 
technically. I think I did now. So I that was my my hypothesis that what was causing the problem is that I put the uh, the orange antifreeze in instead of the green, um, and unfortunately, when you mix the two, it creates kind of like a gel or like a foam on the mm-hmm. inside of your engine, um, not inside of your engine, but on the inside of your like coolant system. And that can gum stuff up and really mess things up pretty bad. And so I was thinking that I totally ruined some stuff and had to was going to have to be spending a bunch of money and time replacing things. Mm-hmm. Luckily, after that trip we just went on, you know, it was a long trip. And over that time, as it was overheating, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't the thermostat. Yeah, that's true. You thought it was a fan. Yeah, I... I, well, originally I thought it was a thermostat or like some other component of the coolant system, but we found out that it was most likely the fan because as we drove quicker and more air was flowing through, then the engine would cool down, which is normal. Um, but then when, we, when we'd sit idle, it would yeah, heat back up. And even that was at the, a um, drive-through, yeah. Yeah, that was the only consistent thing. And so it seemed like it was probably the fan, and I replaced the fan today, and we haven't had any issues since then, so... That is ideal. Yep. But that's one thing. Like sometimes you fail. Sometimes you mess yeah. up and you put the wrong antifreeze in your car, and, and then maybe you've... you cause a problem. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. And so you figure those things out, and you just by trial and error have to you know get back up again and figure out how to fix the problem. And sometimes you think you messed up, but really that is just something that allows you to find a real issue. Like yes. in like in this case, I thought I really messed something up. And so mm-hmm. I fixed what I messed up originally, but in the process, I was able to discover a true issue and fix that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's how it works. You think you're totally screwing something up, and then in the process of trying to solve that problem, you actually discover maybe one, two, three other problems that were small enough you don't notice them, and then you do notice them in those moments and fix them along the way. And now your total process is fixed and way better than it ever would have been to begin with if you would have just kind of kept with the status quo. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's so important when we mess up to not dwell on it and to realize that that's just an opportunity to grow and to learn and to refine your process. Yeah, that's true. So that's just and that's just one thing we learned from a car this week, you know. Mm-hmm. I've made so many mistakes over the years, you know, different chicken coop designs, trying mm-hmm. to put them together in a way that's predator-proof or, you know, trying to figure out what the best way to free-range, you know, chickens is and not have a lot of predators attack them because I wanted to be as natural as possible but also safe as possible. So we've, yeah. I mean, we lost a lot of chickens over the years. Yeah. Sure. One thing I still struggle with that I would consider a failure is um, incubating chicken eggs. I don't know why. I have like the worst luck with incubating chicken eggs. I have tried so many times. It might be the incubator. It have. could be. I'm I'm thinking about just buying like a like semi high end one, and then just trying it out. And then if I mess that up, I'm just going to give up and just say, hey, this is for somebody. I'm just going to buy baby chicks from somebody else. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to give up. I know. I know. I'm not actually serious. I'll always keep trying. But that would at least tell me that it's my fault and not the incubator's fault. And then I can educate myself and grow and change and hopefully. Or, hey, how about you do 
the chicken eggs. You incubate the chicken eggs. No, and then <laughs> that's not for you. I don't know. It's a lot of work. Maybe, I mean, maybe it just takes your touch. And because you're the one doing it, then it's going to work out perfectly. I'm always incubating kits in my belly. So I've kind of got a lot going well, on. Well, then you're a professional at it and you'll just be even better. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, goodness. What else, Steven? What do you think? Oh, what? Rabbits. I mean, I learned pretty quick. So everyone always told me with rabbits to have like twice as many uh, cages as you think you need. And I was like, whatever. I got this figured out. Like, I'm a planner. So I'm not really a planner in life. But like when it comes to projects or like animals or pets, you know, farm animals, whatever, I plan way ahead and like overthink everything. So I had like seven cages and I was like, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to have my breeders. I'm going to have my grow out cages. Inevitably, you will have way more rabbits, way more litters of rabbits than you ever thought you were going to be maintaining. And so we ended up having like an old dog crate that we turned into a chicken tractor, not chicken tractor, a rabbit tractor and kind of moving that around. And that was a, that was great, but mm-hmm. it wasn't ideal. You know, if I would have thought about that ahead of time or actually listened to the advice I was getting, then I could have planned ahead and actually had enough space to do things correctly and not just make them work. And so, I mean, we learned things from making it work, but it would have been better if I would have thought it through ahead of time. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that a failure necessarily, but kind of. Yeah. You know, and there were times when the rabbits got out and then one time the dogs got one of the rabbits that got out and that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of time and effort and love that you put into an animal that just became dog food, you know. Right. Yeah. So hard. chickens, rabbits, cars, you name it, I've messed it up at least once mm-hmm. and had to learn from something that happened. So I guess that's kind of the moral of the story and that's why you were saying fail forward. It's like, yeah, mess up mess up big mess up early yeah and mess up in a way that you can recover quickly and hopefully not in a way that financially bankrupts you yeah that's the hard part so if you can if you can mess up things um, when you're young mess up things when you're first learning um, that way you can learn those lessons early on and you don't get too invested in the in the process they call it um, I think I've heard it called like a type one error mm-hmm. where you mess something up so early in the process but you don't realize it until way late in the process. That's bad. And so you actually can't fix the problem without totally starting over. That is what you want to avoid. So I would say best best advice is talk to people who are already doing the thing that you want to do. And if you can kind of learn where they made their biggest mistakes, that can save you so much time and effort in redoing things. Mm-hmm. So that would be my biggest takeaway from from the failure experiment. But okay. yeah, so I just wanted to say uh, thanks to everyone who um, is giving this podcast a listen. And we really hope that you found it interesting, at least some parts of it, yeah. or you could at least laugh with us. Yeah. Um, and as always, just continue to grow with us.